The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Paris Hilton. Trapped in Treatment is back, and this season we're taking on WASP, the worldwide association of specialty programs and schools. They held us in dog cages. They starved us. They beat us. It was trying to brand us. We were going to become the McDonald's in treatment. Join my host as they unravel the story of the largest and most shocking organization in the history of the troubled teen industry. Listen to season two of Trapped in Treatment on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, welcome to Pretty Messed Up iHeartRadio. Happy New Share Year! Bear and Nene, Renee, yes. Nene, Nene. Oh, I like so. that. I like the Nene. New Year, New You Nene. name. <laughs> Renee, Nene. That, yes, that's your 2021 name, Nene. Love it. And I'm Nene. still Share Bear? Share Bear. Oh, you're, you're Share Bear indefinitely. <laughs> okay, I mean, it's perfect. It's just the cutest, most endearing name. Holy shit, you guys, we made it. We made it, and I still have we, my Christmas decorations up. <laughs> so No, look, hello, so do I. I mean... All Wait, the lights made, are still made, up. Made what? We made it to the 2021. We made it to 2021. You, you guys, it's Renee. 2020. Oh, yes. Yes, yes it okay. is, Renee. Nay. Get with it. Senior moment. <laughs> Hold on. Happy New Year. Happy yeah, yes. freaking New Year, everybody. Holy we need a new crap. theme song. No, we don't, actually. I like our song. Uh, well, no. Like I was singing earlier. I was singing, it's the end of the world. As no, you know it. that's so that's, depressing. That's how we felt in 2020. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I just did a YouTube video and I talked about all the, instead of focusing on the negative in the pandemic, I talked about everything that happened in 2020 that was a positive in my life, including you guys and Dancing with the Stars and, um, you know, starting so many different companies. I thought 2020 was great, to be quite honest. If you really sit down and like reflect. Yeah. I have to agree. Like, you know, when I finished tour back in March of 2020, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if, you know, tour was even going to resume and we kept hearing mixed things. And then next thing you know, three days later, we're in, we're in lockdown for the first time, Mm -hmm. March 19th, my freaking daughter's birthday, which this year we are going to celebrate lyrics birthday and go ham because she has (laughs) missed her birthday now two times. So like we got to really, jazz it up but like honestly i can i can totally relate with you cheryl is like you know we we got we had that zoom call uh you know i we 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 all launched the you know podcast i got a year sober 
I got to spend time with my kids and my wife and my family. Yep. Um, I'm in the best physical, mental, and like health I've ever been in my life. Like, so yeah, 2020 you know, did have a I lot some, of highlights. I sometimes find myself, <clears throat> excuse me, I sometimes find myself uh, downplaying how good 2020 has been for me and my family mm-hmm. because I know people are suffering, people are losing their jobs, all kinds of stuff, and I find myself saying, "No, I, I had a good year." The truth is, I've had an amazing year, like this. This podcast alone to me was like other people are trying to figure out what they're going to do. And it's like, oh, I get to hang out with my friends and talk and laugh and discuss serious stuff and then discuss, you know, funny stuff. And it's like, are you kidding me? I know. And and we're just sitting here and just talking and like we're having an actual real conversation that some people like for us, the three of us, it's so easy to talk about this yes. stuff. Right. Yes. Which is I'm, we're very blessed to be able to um, open up. But yeah, I just did a lot of reflecting, you guys. And it was crazy how long my list was of positives. Yep. As it should be. As it should be. I think well, for 2021, I am finally going to. Yeah, let's talk about what you're manifesting. I'm, I'm well. I'm finally going to embrace the world of the TikTok. <laughs> um, you know, I, I remember in careful. our trailer, in my trailer. Remember, we were trying to figure out oh, how to work this TikTok yeah, thing. Well, because look, I, like you know, a lot of people don't know, but I've I've been off of social media personally on my on mm-hmm. all my devices for two years. That's almost so three great. Years Congratulations! Because of how distracting it is, and wanting to just just focus on my kids and not be engulfed in my phone, but. Now with launching a new solo record and launching all these things and other businesses, you know, TikTok has taken over everything. TikTok mm-hmm. is the new everything. It's the new mm-hmm. Twitter. It's the new Instagram. And Renee and I talked about this yesterday. It's like, you know, we don't really post videos and we don't really, we're, like we're not active in it, but we love to watch the mm. stupidity and the hilarity that is on there because people are getting really creative being stuck yeah. at home. Brit likes to, for the same thing, get entertained by it and what i'm really blown away by is how like midwestern moms that are hilarious in their groups i'm sure of groups of people are suddenly posting these little things that are hilarious oh yeah and if it weren't for let's say social media they would be funny at work or they would be funny around their house and their Mm -hmm. friends yeah here all of a sudden they're getting millions of views saying I just, they're very funny. And they're know? short, so for people with yeah. no attention span. But exactly. W- Renee, what are you manifesting for 2021? Yeah, what's your New Year's resolution, bro? I don't like you to say my, resolution for some reason. It scares me. I like manifesting my, better. My friend Tom Fly used to say the only New Year's resolution he ever stuck to was the one when he said, I'll never make another New Year's resolution. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> I know. But, uh, I feel like you put a lot of pressure on yourself. You know, for me, it's... Probably the same thing is every day for me, honestly. Like, I always pray that I could be the best dad that I can be, mm-hmm. that I could be the best friend, that I can be best husband that I can be. Not to say perfect. No all, one's all perfect. All for me, though. Best husband, best friend. Shut up, AJ. Me. It's not all about you. <laughs> <laughs> but so, you know, I just have very general, general sort of aspirations, which mm-hmm. are stay out of my own way. Like I'm the one that gets in my own way all the time. So for me, it's always, how do I get out of the way so I could be in the stream of life? And when that happens and I'm not worried about setting goals or 
and, and nothing wrong with setting goals, but mm-hmm. I just feel like as long as I could stay out, out of my own way, everything's going to work out. Totally. That's just, that's, and that's just a that's general a big, feeling. That's huge. I mean, that's, that's a big massive. thing. It's, it's every day. It's, it's daily work. And you know, I'm, I'm the same with you, Renee. It's like, how can I also be a better wife? How can I be a better listener? Um, so we don't talk over each other. <laughs> I'm really going to try that for, for I'm, that's going to be my 2021. Um, I'm going to be manifesting that to make sure that, um, you guys can actually hear us talk individually. Um, yeah. So, and then also I have this dance program, you guys, that I'm really excited about that I've been working on for the last like four or five years. And I haven't had the balls, I guess you could say to launch it for some reason. And I, I was wondering like what, what's holding me back. And I, it's all this like, it's fear, obviously it's all fear based. And, um, it's basically a ballroom dance program, no partner needed. Um, and it's a, basically to help you change your mood. So some days you wake up feeling like crap and you're depressed or you're down on yourself. You can put on the one step at a time app and you in under like three minutes, you can learn a cha-cha and it'll get you into that happy state. Or you can do like a samba that'll get you more into like um, understanding like spatial awareness in your body. Or you have rumba that's getting you more intimate for your hot date tonight, you know? Stuff like that. Cheryl, I'm glad you're finally wait. doing this. I'm glad because you and I talked I'm, about I'm, this. The reason why I'm telling you guys is because I have I need to be accountable, right? No, but I'm glad you're doing it because when you first told me about this, I'm like, that's genius, and that's going to help a lot of people. And then that was the last that that we even talked about it. And now you're finally going to do it. And I'm super proud of you. I'm just so overwhelmed. (laughs) I do. I do have to chime in on that idea. That that to me is an insanely good idea. Right. The idea that dance because we're all dancers. Right. Mm -hmm. Even though mine was back in the day. I saw you. You can cut a rug. But but was there like is there anything more meditative and freeing up of any negativity than when you're one with the music in the flow dancing i remember times people would say oh i like that move you did and you're like i have no idea what move you're talking right, about right 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 so right. you're in that, that like fourth state of consciousness like you're almost having yes. that flow state right yes 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 absolutely like a oneness with the universe yes. right and so the idea that you're taking what's your wheelhouse which is dance and using it to help people sort of do what I just said, get out of your own way, mm-hmm. get exactly. out of your own negative get thoughts, out of your get head. out of your, your head. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So right on. I, I, say- I mean, I really wanted to do something like based off of it's therapeutic, right? Dancing has always been therapeutic for mm-hmm. me, but I'm not a therapist. So I have to be careful with my wording. I'm not going to say that this is a therapeutic. I can say it's a therapeutic experience. I can't say that it's dance therapy. You know what I'm right. saying? So this is not an exercise program. This is more for your mental state. Yeah. It's a I, cathartic, right? Yeah. It can be cathartic. No, it, so I think many it's going to be like something because look, it's something for everyone, you know, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what, your background is, even if you're not a dancer, you could become one by doing this and you might mm-hmm. find something in yourself that you didn't know was there. And, and me, you can do it in the comfort of your own home, especially yeah, with oh this yeah, pandemic. Exactly. Like I mean, you don't look, need a lot of space. Ballroom is not just for yeah. two people. You can do it by yourself. It's for letting me, go. Um, I have to say my, if you want to call it a resolution or not, but for me, um, <laughs> is finally getting through my 12 steps. The one thing oh, I've wow. never done, the one thing I've never been able to, to actually accomplish is to finally get through all 12 steps in my, you know, in my program of recovery. And Are you allowed to say what step you're on now? I'm on step four. Been on step four for freaking 20 years. But that's but okay. No, but the good thing is, is that I know 
from those friends of mine that have gotten through the steps how much more their life has changed for the better, even more. Right. And my life has already changed for the better this mm -hmm. whole past year. And I can only imagine how much better it's going to be totally. when I finally get through all 12 steps and then can finally, you know, sponsor another addict, which is right, something right, right, that right. terrifies me, but it also excites me. So speaking um, of speaking of addiction, so what do you guys, now that we've had a couple of weeks to marinate in it, I guess, um, am I an addict, do you think, or do you think I have an addicted personality? I have thoughts. <laughs> I would love... Please share, Renee Nay. Uh, I have thoughts. Please have share. Thoughts. So I, I, I tried to say this during the podcast um, with Dr. Wexler on. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I know over, you know, 20 plus years of being in these circles is that addiction truly is a self-diagnosed disease. Totally. Right? Yeah. Because you could find plenty of people that will tell you you're not. And mm -hmm. I, that used to happen to me. I would say, you guys, I might have trouble with my drink. And they're like, nah, come on, stop it. You're not, you're not homeless. You're not this, you're not that. And the truth is I didn't understand what alcoholism is or addiction was. Mm -hmm. And it, it goes far beyond um, being, you know, in downtown LA drinking homeless, out of yeah. a, a, a paper bag. <laughs> right. It, it's, there's, for me, it's once I start, I can't stop. I've right. lost the capacity to control my drinking and using. I don't use socially. I yes, don't say, yes. let me just have a little martini. And, oh, no, I'm, you know, I remember I would be, I'd walk down hotel uh, um, hallways mm -hmm. and people would push their tray out and there would be like half a glass of wine. Still, they pushed it out. And I'm like, okay, well, they're not alcoholics because I've <laughs> never pushed out, no, you know, uh, uh, bottles or glasses yeah, with or still liquor. Yeah. liquor in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, if if there was a pill that could get me as drunk as I was getting with like maybe 15 vodka sodas, I would take it. Right. Because like, right, right. I don't really yeah. like the act of drinking or peeing every two Neg seconds. Yeah. I, <laughs> yeah. I, nobody I can't does. stand the taste of alcohol. So, yeah. So, I think I'm an addict, so I'm diagnosing myself. I am an addict. I need to not be around. I mean, I could be around it. I just, once I start, then I'm like, might stop. as well. I've already messed it up. I might as well just go ahead and finish and get so, like completely so blacked out. I've lost the capacity to control my drinking and using. Yep. And w one of the biggest self-delusions for a real alcoholic addict is that we could once again learn to drink like normal people. Mm -hmm. Right. Just as an excuse to pick up a drink again. I tried that so many times. And I'll tell you, once you break the seal, it didn't matter. Oh. I wanted to get completely drunk. You know, the other thing that was said about that was if it's not ruining your life completely, what does that mean? Well, what's like, the definition of that? It was ruining my life for sure. I was I was acting like an idiot. I was disconnecting from the world. I, at the end, I wouldn't even leave to go be social it was just right. like oh i just want to drink by myself it, it's the uh, what so it, you know i think there's so many different characteristics of what an addict does but i think looking from the outside in you can't you don't know what people do behind closed doors you don't know how how it affects me mentally mm -hmm. like i started playing games and tricks on myself you know what i mean so it's like at the end of the day that is for me that is hitting rock bottom and there's another thing that was talked about which again i disagree with uh that if you could just stop cold turkey, you're not one. 
In my opinion, that's a thousand percent wrong. I've known too many people, including myself, that was able to stop cold turkey and go for a while without it. The minute I picked up again, it was on again. Mm -hmm. It was on. In fact, it would be worse when I picked up because my voice that was saying, you're not supposed to be doing this, Renee. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to drink more and I'd have to drink to faster just, to quiet, just yeah. to quiet that voice, right? Yep. So I've lost the capacity to control my drinking and using. Absolutely. Check mark. I've lost. Um, I was able to stop cold turkey, yet I'm still an alcoholic because when I picked up, I drink to, to get blasted. Right. That, that comedian, what's his name? Uh, John Mulvaney? No, Mulaney. John Mulaney, yeah. The, the comedian, right? Yeah, yeah. He stopped cold turkey for 14 years, and now he's back in rehab. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? So, so that dispels but, this notion that if you can stop cold turkey, you're not one. That's a thousand percent wrong. Yeah, and also, is alcoholism, like I think people need to know this, um, is it a disease? Is addiction a disease? What, what is the de a difference, I guess, between the two? Well, it's recognized as a disease yes, by the medical is. board, you know, and I used to... Alcoholism, right? Yes, yes, I used to quibble with it. Am I, am I not? Was I born this way? Was it nature or nurture? But the truth is, is I, what I say today is it dis disease, disorder, whatever name you want to put on it. I have it. They said they say if you're not an alcoholic, you're not actively drinking. I said, but alcoholism is a disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I with you say forever. The same thing about my bandmates, you know, like they always told me, like, well, dude, we don't, we don't, maybe don't think that you're an alcoholic. You just have to try to, like, you know, really control your drinking. You just got to not go, you know, zero to a thousand miles an hour. And I'm like, guys. I, that's not how my brain works. That's not how right. I work. That's I people can't that, do that. If that was the yeah. case, then no, I, I would not classify myself as an alcoholic. If I could drink responsibly mm -hmm. and drink casually, not right. to the point of blackout, the point of in my hotel room by myself, oh, woe is me, piece of shitism, all the other things that come yeah. with that. That's what I have. Just that's like why Renee said. says it's that's a self-diagnosis, which it I completely is. agree with you. It, because see, only we know ourselves. That's right. People that don't understand the disease only understand what they understand, which is, you know, their perception. Just, I just I just cut it off. And that's mm -hmm. it. That's like me telling someone in, let's say, Overeaters Anonymous. I just stop eating when I'm full and I leave it at that. That's like acting like. Yeah. They that that. The issue is that it's gluttony or the issue is that uh, they don't have self-will. To me, yeah. that's another one of the biggest misconceptions. People that don't understand alcoholism say uh, you, your self-will just isn't strong enough. When I say stop, mm. I stop. And I will argue the opposite. People, uh, alcoholics have a self-will way bigger and stronger than most totally. people. Because most mm -hmm. people, when they slam their face into a wall will walk stop. around the wall. Yeah. We're right. like, let let's me, do it I'm again. Do no, it I'm going time. through I'm it. Do it this time. I'm going to go through it. And you're bleeding everywhere. Totally. And, and Nose yeah. broken. Like, yeah. And yeah. we're like, stop, don't do it again. You're like, watch this. No, you totally. Know, so, but that yeah, has yeah. a lot to do with the personality trait of like fighting that fighter that, um, I'm going to not stop, like go, go hard or go home. Right. And right. I do flight. Right. So now we're getting into other personality traits, which is like when people say to me, I bet you can't stop. Watch me. You know, like mm -hmm. it's like that competitive, yeah. that, that oh, thing yeah. that we have is now getting foggy with alcoholism yeah. and addiction. And, and a lot yeah. of alcoholics 
uh, share that trait. A lot yes, of them that, right. that refuse yeah. to lose, right? Refuse mm-hmm. to lose. And that's yes. what kept us out there so long. It was this. That's why AJ I'm, could be sober for so many years, right? Without the program. It's, yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, just, just, just being stubborn, you know, but to the nth degree. Since we're talking about this, I just want to yes. give a shout out and um, a big virtual hug to my yes. girl, Chrissy Teigen. Yes, I love you, Chrissy. Um, congratulations on four weeks sober. So amazing. That is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting talking about what we're talking about because, you know, what I was reading about, what she was describing is exactly what is, you know, I'm sure mm-hmm. the case for all of us. She yes. was like, okay. After, you know, while I'm in the makeup chair, I'm getting my hair done. I have, totally. I'm, I'm going to have one glass of wine. Then it became a glass of wine before the award shows. Then, then it became during. a glass of wine during yeah. work. And then it's like, next thing you know, it's two bottles. And it's, right. it, you know, it's a it's a progressive disease. It's a and, slow roller coaster ride. Yeah. And, you know, for her to recognize it, mm-hmm. hats off. Yes. Um, and also, to, mind you. have her on. Oh my God. I love Christy. We go way back. We, I, we did some, I did some sports illustrated. I wasn't in it. Like I'm not, I don't look like a beautiful (laughs) supermodel, but, um, definitely I love Christy. We've, we've hung out a few times, but what's even like for me, which is so, I'm so proud of her is the fact that she's doing this and she's doing this when she just had a miscarriage, Yeah, you know, and she's facing her fear and facing her real emotions without numbing with alcohol, which would be the easy way out right now. Right. It would be, let's just drink my pain away and we'll deal with it later and it'll come back even worse she's actually feeling her real feelings and i'm just so proud of you chrissy yeah. i tell we, you the three hour awesome. podcast with her would be sick oh or yeah. three days oh. have, it'd be yeah, three, day three special. days we'd have so much to talk about <laughs> and uh, i would totally uh, tease her at the fact that she literally when when they were doing uh, the show lip sync battle and they were yes. filming it when when nick and i did the show I thought it was a joke and I went into her dressing room because she wanted to get a quick picture and she literally has a poster of her husband and then three posters of me, which is the most oh uncomfortable thing. And she's a big McDonald's fan, as am yes. I. Yeah. She was getting down on some nuggets and I was like, oh. She's I, amazing. I, I think I love you even more. Yeah, I she just a, does not care at all and she's no, so real and raw and she shares it with everybody. She's badass. Okay, I, I've yeah. got a random question. So 2021, okay. now that we're here, if any of us were to... Take a class, like a how-to class. I've already taken it. Really quick. What, what class would it be? Something totally that you've always wanted to do, but you've never given the time to do. The For dishes. me, it's cooking. Race car like drive. Cooking. I would like to learn to do the dishes. Oh, I'll teach you that. I, I do you have a good dishwasher? Well. <laughs> cooking for me. I really badly want to learn how to like, but I'm, but I'm talking like the you full get a presentation. Cookbook. Like the, no, but like learn Sushi. how to do it. Like, you know. Sushi too. I really want to I, learn how I, to make sushi. I, I mean, like sushi's really hard though, AJ. I know, and I don't want to like you know make anyone sick. <laughs> That'd be um, bad. I definitely want to race car drive. I want someone to take me. I want to just learn how to really drive like a race car driver. You well, already kind of drive like one. It. I've seen you drive. They have Shut schools up. for that. They do. You they do. do it. Yeah. Or, I want Danica Patrick to come on and there show you me go. private lesson. I'll teach her how to cha cha for race car driving lessons. AJ, I, I, I think thought that's fair. For sh- I, I thought so. for sure, AJ, you were going to say you'd like to take golf lessons. No, you've done this already. Lessons. I already I'm, got this, man. I'm teasing. Golf him. lessons all by right, Tiger Woods. All Lynch. right, all right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to dive back into some more questions for each other. Some juicy ones.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, you guys, we are back, and uh, we have a couple more questions that we want to ask each other, and uh, I'm curious to see what the answers are for these. So, uh, Sherbury, you want to ask the first one? Yes. So not to like be a Debbie Downer or anything, but let's start <laughs> with uh, So describe a time that you guys felt the loneliest, Renee, Renee, nay. So um, for me, I always go back to this one point. It was in my previous marriage and things just weren't, things were wrong. It, it didn't feel right. And I always had this crazy idea in the back of my head, which I don't anymore, by the way. 
And that, that was, I always felt that if I wanted to feel good enough, I'd have to move back to Mexico. Like mm. only then can I feel level with everybody. So, so I, I, I just, I, I took off, um, flew to El Paso, uh, Texas to, to, because I, there was no direct flight to get to where I was trying to get to. And I had to spend the night in what's called Ciudad Juarez, right mm -hmm. across the border, mm -hmm. in this little flea bag motel, and and I and I missed my flight, so I had to spend the night in this literally flea bag motel with like fleas, just everything around it. it and I ju I just remember sitting there, and I in in, in I was laying in bed there, and I, and I got hungry, and they had like this little kind of like restaurant there uh and that's really overstating it and i went there and uh there's like four tables nobody's there mm. um i could hear someone in the kitchen i said excuse me is there anything like no we're closed and i just remember at that moment feeling like what the hell am i doing right. with my life like it just if for whatever reason the situation that me fleeing, you know, at the moment, United States to go back to Mexico, all of this without a real sort of conscious idea of why, why I was doing this. Mm -hmm. um, and for whatever reason, that has that's always stayed with me. I've always felt that that was the absolute most disconnected from humanity I ever felt. But if you were you doing know? it now with like all the work you've been doing, would you still feel lonely, you think? No, I, I don't. The, the, okay. The beautiful thing about sobriety, the beautiful thing about getting rid of all that baggage that used to create a mythology that I'm not good enough meant that I would always feel lonely in a crowded space, mm, right? Totally. Since I've been able to flush out all that crap, I no longer feel lonely I, I i i love being with my family mm -hmm. and if they're all gone and i'm home by myself i, you love I don't feel i don't feel the way i used to you know right. it used to be like cold walls and ceiling coming down and darkness it, totally thank god i don't feel that way anymore and that's why i no longer miss the escape of a drug or alcohol you know mm -hmm. so How as far as loneliness you? today uh, thank God I, I, I don't feel that anymore. But right. that was the loneliest point in my life. So. Nice. How about Thanks you guys? Thanks for sharing. How about you, AJ? Um, wow. Um, you know. You're like, I, I never feel lonely. <laughs> I never feel lonely. Cause I, be, because of all the voices in my head. No. Um, <laughs> so many. So many. Um, no, I think for, for me, probably would have been um kind of at the at like the height of my disease um when i was still living in florida i was still living in orlando and i had this and i and i and i say this not to be uh bragging but it needs to be put into perspective i was literally living in a mansion i was mm -hmm. a 9000 square foot house by myself on a lake, I had, the, you know, the like, it was just this absolutely breathtaking house with nine bedrooms, two of which had furniture. The others had nothing but dirty clothes, um, you know, bags, uh, fast food containers, 
it was disgusting. Um, Were drugs and, and drinking involved? Oh yeah, no, I know. I I, I I prefaced by saying this was the darkest time mm-hmm. of the, my life the lonely, ever. The loneliest. Um, and it's crazy, I literally, right? literally, you know, was sitting there up all night one night, and I walked out to my dock and I sat down, and it was so hauntingly quiet. But I, I just, I've never felt more alone. And my mom lived two miles down the street. Mm. You know, um, I did have some friends it, that lived close by, but I just chose to just kind of just be by myself. And I, and I never felt more empty, more disconnected, mm. more angry at everyone and everything. Like I was mm. mad at the world and I thought everybody was out to get me. I didn't think for one second that it was that it was something that was internal mm-hmm. that needed to be resolved. I thought it was external shit. Right. And but if you were to do that now, would you still feel lonely? No. Now right. I I actually enjoy a little bit of just daddy time. You know, when mm-hmm. I get up, I'm, it's interesting. My wife and I joke about this. We joked about it last night. Is that you know uh, I used to wake up at two three in the afternoon. Because right. I was either hungover or I was yeah. just, you know, I it was just bad. And I'm the first one to rise now. I'm up at five thirty every morning. That's amazing. And I have my I have my coffee, I got my cig, I sit outside, it's quiet, the sun's not even completely up yet. And it's just nice and peaceful. That's what time I go I'm to by bed. myself. I love it. I love it. That's How about awesome. you? Sure. Um, I felt the loneliest. So I did a lot of traveling alone for ball when I competed. Um, and I was in between like partners and I just, you know, I went through quite a lot of dance partners more than, you know, what's normal, I guess. Um, and I, uh, moved to Utah with actually one of my, um, really good friends. And at the time we had like a little fight, I remember. And, um, I was moving to Utah for him cause that's where he's from. And I went to UVSC. I went to Utah Valley State College. And I just felt like I just didn't fit in. You know, it was a bunch of like lots of very nice people. Um, but like, I just felt like there was a weird layer of like, um, no one's being real, real, right? Like it's um, Monday through Saturday, like we're all partying together. And then like it was Sunday, it was, you know, God's day, which is great. But then it was like Sundays were like ghost town. Chick-fil-A wasn't even open. There was nothing open, right? So I was like by myself in my apartment. Um, and it was not a great apartment. And I just remember like getting all these knocks about people trying to convert me into being a Mormon. And I was just like, I get me out of here. And then I moved to Denmark, um, which was also very lonely because in Denmark, when you live there for the winter, there's hardly any sunlight, right? So people, the highest depression rate is in Denmark. People are staring at their light bulbs, their lamps, because like there's zero mm. sun. Anyway. Go ahead. Loneliness is an inside job. Oh, totally. You know, oh, that's yeah. if you thing. can't be with yourself, if you if you don't love yourself, you're not going to ever feel like you're not lonely. That's right. Yeah. That's that's the thing. Uh, when I first got sober, I, I remember telling Pablo, my mentor, I said, man, this whole serenity thing is boring. <laughs> he said, you're not serene. You're bored. And you know what that means? You can't stand being with yourself. Totally. So it's just super interesting. I have a question I wanted to ask you guys. What's the most trouble you ever got in as kids? Oh, I was just talking about this yesterday. (laughs) Yeah. I got shoplifted. I'll tell you my shoplifting story later. Too much for one day. Too much for one day. AJ, what's the most trouble you got in as a kid? Okay. Not a kid. Because to be (laughs) honest, as a kid, no, because as a kid, I didn't get into trouble. Mm -hmm. It was literally 
the worst thing I did as a child was call my mother a witch. Oh, and oh, not even a, with a B? And not even the B word, just a witch. And like she was crying. We were at this jewelry store called Loria's, which was an East Coast thing. But hands down, the worst thing I've ever done. Um, You're so a witch. We, we were on tour. We were in uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe. I want to say uh, like somewhere near Russia. Okay. Um, and it was Thanksgiving. We're celebrating Thanksgiving away from our families. Um, we we flew a turkey in so that we so that us and our crew could at least have some kind of normalcy. And I was drinking at the dinner, and I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going out. This is this is so depressing. So I go to a strip club. Oh my god! And I was get it my dad? Annihilated. Annihilated. And I go to the bathroom. I black out face first into the oh. toilet. Into the My toilet. security comes in. He wakes me up. He's like, dude, it's time to go. None of my credit cards worked to pay the $10,000 bill that 10, I had ran up with buying bottles and bottles for the and dancers bitches. and bottles and bottles for people coming in. So the, the club owner says, look, you're not leaving until you pay. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what you want me to do. My credit cards are maxing out. I can't pay you. He's like, oh no, you're not leaving. This is like the Russian mob. Yeah. So you're now in I big go. Trouble. So now my security's like, look, can I get him back to the hotel? I'll take his cards. I'll try to go to every. So he, my poor security, probably at gunpoint. I don't know. Totally went For to sure. thirteen different ATMs just trying to find enough cash. How do you take? Out he 10, was able 000? to get half of the cash. So I stayed awake, paranoid in my room, called my accountants back in LA and said, you need to wire me five grand right now. Don't ask questions. I need it now. And they luckily they did. did. <laughs> An hour before we're supposed oh to leave the hotel. These guys were parked in front of the hotel in their of car course. waiting. Yes. And I'm oh sitting God. there like shitting bricks going, yeah. oh, my God. You're going to get killed. How do I explain this if we don't get the money? We're trying to leave and they get out of their car in front of all the boys, in front of all of our oh team. Oh, my God. The Russian mob comes You'd be like, after yo, me. Kevin, so, brought me some yeah. money. See, here, here, here's the thing, right? Like, I was I'm, terrified. That's like, amazing. The most terrified I've Especially ever been Especially there, by the way. You're in Russia. Oh, they, no. they are oh, not yeah, playing yeah, yeah. around. I'm personally really entertained right now. <laughs> Wait, you need I to answer the terrified. question, my friend. Well, look, first I want to say that it's funny that I know that people want to get to know all of us better, right? And this is, if we were having dinner together, these are the kind of stories that oh, would totally. come out. But yeah. that is what makes awesome listening, right? That's what makes us pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Even though it's 2021, go. guys, we're still pretty messed up. And that up. ain't nothing, guys. Earning, earning, Wait till I get really comfortable with you. We are definitely earning our street cred. All right, you guys, we're going to take yeah. a quick break. And when Wait, we come I have back, to hear Renee's, too, when we get back. Yes, when we come back, we're going to hear Renee's, and then we're going to answer y'all's emails, because I really want to hear Renee's. I, I've heard a lot Do of Renee's know? stories, but I'm hoping it's one I haven't heard. Okay, I can't top Pablo Escobar. No pre okay. Yes, you can. <laughs> we'll be right back, you guys. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. 
In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. My name is Johnny B. Good. And I'm the host of the new podcast, Creating a Con, the story of BitCon. Over this nine-part series, I'll explore the life and crimes of my best friend, Ray Trapani. I always wanted to be a criminal. If someone's like, oh, what's your best way of making money? I'm like, oh, we should start some sort of scheme. You see, Ray has this unique ability to find loopholes and exploit them. They collected $30 million. There were headlines about it. His company, Centratech, was one of the hottest crypto startups in 2017. It was going to change the world, until it didn't. I came into my office, opened my email, and the subject heading was FBI request. It was only a matter of time before the truth came out. You can only fake it till you make it for so long before they find out that your Harvard degree is not so crimson. How could you sit there and do something that you know will objectively cause more harm in the world. Listen to Creating a Con, the story of BitCon, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we are back. Okay, before we go into everyone's emails, Renee, finish it up. What is the most insane, crazy thing you did Younger, last no, week, it, this was, whatever. The question was, what do you remember yeah. as a Driver, kid? rescue, rescue, most, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> the, the most trouble I remember yeah, getting into trouble. was, um, I was like 13 years old. My mom sent me to go pick up something at the grocery store, which was two blocks away. So I rode my bike. Same thing. We didn't have a bunch of money. And there was this little care. I bought what I needed to, had my bag, and then I walked back inside you know beyond beyond the cash registers they had a a carousel of toys right and i always wanted this little um parachute guy right like you just just a guy with a parachute so i 
thinking I was super clever, I put the bag right underneath the carousel, like right next to it, and I acted like I was looking through the toys. And then, oops, one fell. Oops. Oh my God, it landed in right in the right in the bag, right? And I'm like, I can always say that it was an accident. So <laughs> totally. I grab the bag, I start to walk out. Before I get out the door, I, I'll never forget this. There was this uh, mirror uh, window. And the mirror window opened and the guy stuck his head out and he said, grab that guy. So they swarmed on me. They grabbed me. They took me upstairs. Um, they, I remember they threw me into this like uh, bench seat from like an old pickup truck with springs sticking out. And they, th- they really wanted to scare me. Right. They threw me down. They're like, you're, you're, you're a thief and this and that, blah, blah, blah. And then the manager uh, said he knew my parents. And he said, he said, we're going to go talk to your parents. So he rode me on my bike. I was on the handlebars for the longest two blocks of my life. (laughs) Just thinking, oh, my God, I'm in so much freaking trouble. We get to our apartment. The door was locked. I knock on the door and my mom swings the door open with a crazed look in her eyes. I was like, oh, my God, how'd she find out? Did they call her ahead? And she go, she looks at me. And the manager was standing to my right. She didn't see him. And she swings the door open and she goes, you are in so much trouble. I'm like, yeah, I know. And she goes, you've been staring. You've been looking at your dad's Playboy magazines again. (gasps) Right. And I was like, "Um, mom, we've got bigger fish to fry. (laughs) Wait, did you ever tell her? Tell her what? Did he tell your mom? The manager was right next to me. So he did He was right there. So oh, he no. told her. So, but it was one of those things where I thought he she could have found just out left. That, I, that that I shop, you know, shoplifting. Yeah. And then she was so mad, but she was mad because she found my dad's Playboy magazine <laughs> under my bed, and I have the manager here that's going to tell her I committed double a crime. Double whammy. Parachute guy, Playboy, big like, boobs. Yeah. That's, it was yeah. a bad day for me. So what happened? What did, so she, did the- she said? Go to your room and wait till your dad gets home. And again, now I'm laying in bed, 13 years old. Looking at the Playboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was going to say that, but I found it. You're like trying to relax your mind. Yeah, no, totally. She, t- she took it back. But again, I remember uh, being terrified for my dad to come home. He he didn't care so much about the Playboy. Of course but not. He was, he was mad at the embarrassment yeah. that I stole something. And... Back See, there, I was back, hoping the manager was saw your mom's expression and was like, oh, he's going to get in trouble anyway and then leave. Yeah. No, 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 no. She, I got the double. The a double different you could have done a bargain. You could have been like, yo, man, I got five Playboy magazines underneath yep. my bed. The, if you just leave. Guy. Yeah. We could you work something leave. out here. Totally. That's amazing. Right. So, but, I could talk but, about this type of stuff forever. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, and I, I'm telling you guys, I think going forward... These are the things I know you've got a lot of stories, Cheryl, and I know AJ and I, AJ on his own has a lot. Us mm-hmm. together have a lot. Oh, yeah. We got and so we got like these hours are the, and hours I, worth. I, I, I honestly think that that's the awesome part to let people know the stupid things we've yeah. done. Yeah. I guess and we should, we should we make it a segment it. on the show. Just we like something that nobody knows. Stupid things. It's yeah. Stupid, stupid things <laughs> that you've done, yeah. you know, cause again, that's part of the recovery, right? So yeah. yes, it is. All right, you guys. So we are going to get to what we always love every week. We love you guys sending in questions. Please continue to do so. We love your feedback. We love your questions. And as always hit that subscribe button and give us five stars. Tell your stars. friends about we it too, you. you guys. Yes, yes. Thank you all. So this this first question is from Brittany, 
And it's for Cheryl. I'm going to ask you, Cher Bear. Um, okay. It's a little, it's like a four-parter, but, you know. Okay. okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> first of all, have you found a way to forgive your abuser? If yes, how? She says she's been carrying her anger and resentment for the better part of 20 years, but she doesn't know how to forgive someone who isn't sorry. Okay, Brittany. So I actually did, did a podcast um, a couple months ago. Catherine Schwarzenegger did this podcast about forgiveness, and she has written a book. She's done basically a lot of studies on you know forgiving. And through my therapy and years of therapy over a decade now, you know, I've realized that forgiveness isn't the act of forgiving that person, um, isn't the act of, okay, well, why should I forgive someone who isn't sorry? It's for yourself. So you forgive for yourself so that you can shut that door and stop letting it define who you are in present moment. You know, it's important to forgive for yourself. You're not saying that it's okay to the abuser who abused you. It's a, you're saying that to yourself, it's you forgive because you don't want to hold on to resentment. It, you know, we, we live a lot, one life, you know, and, and we don't know what cards we've been dealt as far as, you know, when that's going to be over. And so why live with resentment in your heart and, and let it still affect you? Then I feel like that abuser wins. Can I so, add to that, Cheryl? Sure. You know, they say resentments are very corrosive, right, mm-hmm. to ourselves. Like mm-hmm. when we have a resentment... They say resentments are like uh, drinking the poison and waiting for the other person to die. Totally. Right? And yeah. so, but the, it is very corrosive. Uh, resentments are, uh, we can't afford to live with them. It, no. They, they rob it, it, us. it eats me alive. It yes. actually eats and me it alive. It robs us from the most precious Living. commodity we have, which is right here, right now. Living, right? yeah. All right, you guys, and, and, we have time for yeah, one more question. Okay, I'll ask it. All right, you pick. Pick between those two, whichever one you want. Um, Okay, Veronica, I met my best friend when I was 11 and he was 12. We are now 41, 42. He has tried to get sober so many times with the most recent attempt lasting five days. I want to be supportive, but I feel so helpless and I worry about him every single day. Is Is there anything someone did or said that you found at all useful on your path to sobriety? AJ. Yeah, um, the gentleman that is sharing this podcast with us said to me um, years and years and years ago um, something that has never left my brain and I still apply it to not only my recovery but just daily life which is the only way around is through Mm. Um, no and the the only way out is through or out is through (laughs) yeah around you you know yeah but the gist of it is basically we have to go through certain things in our life, whether they're easy, hard, um, you know, to really get to the root of the actual problem. You can't just take the easy way out. Um, You know, I know I tried many, many times to get the easy way out, um, which every time would just come back and smack me in the face. Even worse, Um, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, I I almost lost my marriage over... (laughs) Stuff like that. And, you know, but to be honest, um, you know, I think you just being there, Veronica, and being supportive is a great thing. But again, at the end of the day, neither you nor I nor anybody can make your friends stop. They have to want to do it on their own. Yes, that's the number one thing. Um, I can tell you you the thing that I heard from people that actually helped me the most 
is when they said to me, look, you don't have to stop drinking, but I can't, I can't continue on this journey with you. I have to disconnect. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's when I started thinking, holy crap, things are getting bad. Because as long as people mm -hmm. are there and oh, it's okay, but in, in, constantly, tough love. Yeah. You, it, it, it is tough love. And it's, an alcoholic, as long as they think they still have room to dance, they will dance. It's not till people close to them start saying, you know what? So true, I can't co-sign this BS with you. I can't, I can't enable you. You know, I have to tell you, and, you know, this is a problem with like, uh, it's a problem actually currently with me and my family. Um, for but this is a whole nother discussion. But you're so right, Renee. Well, on yeah. the button, bro. On it, the button, yeah. It, it, it is. It's tough. You just said it. Cheryl. It's tough love. It's tough hard to do. Tough love is. I'm starting to believe tough. They call it tough love because it's tough to do. <laughs> but it's love, though. It's actually yes, real it love. Yes, it is tough to it's do. It's when you yeah. when you um, give them and when you don't do that, right? And you're right. totally. What's that word I'm trying to think of? Um, Enabling. Enabling. Thank you. Yes. You're. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So and, yeah, yeah. My, my suggestion would be that it's like at some point you have to just have an honest. They call it come to Jesus moment mm -hmm. and say, look, I. I love you. I love you so much. I'm going to have to disconnect. I'm going to have to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, what my, that's, what my, that's what my wife ended up doing, you know, is that she's like, look, I can't control what he's going to do. He's going to mm -hmm. go on the road. He's going to do what yeah. he's going to do. You know, you're, you're obviously worried that you're going to get that phone call, that it's the absolute worst phone call. But then, you know, it's like, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. But you're right, Renee. Like, if you really at some love point, him, you have to disconnect. And if you really love him, then you have to basically put that boundary free. up because yep. at the end of the day, you know, he has to know what he, some people don't know what they have until they lose them, right? Yeah. They yep. call if it. If you love it, something, set it free. And if it doesn't come back, you hunt it down and kill it. That's great advice. So, I hope go. you take it, Veronica. Yes, they, they, they call that detaching with love. Yes. Exactly. Very exactly. difficult to do. Yes. It's easy to enable, very yes. easy. Yeah. Well, good luck, Veronica. And thank you, Brittany. Well, guys, that is all the time we have for the first episode of Happy 2021. New Year. Happy freaking New Year. 2021 yes. is going to be a freaking fantastic year. It's be great. Make it the best today, you guys. God bless you all. And uh, until next time, this is Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio. Peace. Boom. Follow Pretty Messed Up on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I used to have so many men. How this beguiling woman in her 50s She looked like a million bucks. scams a bunch of famous athletes out of untold fortunes. Nearly $10 million was all 
gone. It's just unbelievable. Hide your money in your old rich man because <laughs> she is on the prowl. Listen to Queen of the Con, Season 5, The Athlete Whisperer, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.